Thanks, you guys, for leading us. Well, hey, if you came in late, uh, again, my name is Doug. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope, and I want to welcome all of you here today. I want to welcome our guests, and I'd like to uh, say hello to everybody that's watching us online on Facebook Live. We know that lots of folks will check us out online before they show up here in person and visit. So um, if you're watching online today and you're new, uh, we hope to hear you and uh, we hope to see you and we look forward to seeing you uh, here hopefully sometime soon. I want to start out this morning by previewing kind of our next series of messages real quick. Um, In the next week, the plan is anyway for next week, it could be two weeks, but uh, we're going to talk about what authentic biblical community looks like. Um, Scripture is real clear that solo Christianity, this idea of just being a Christian by yourself, is an oxymoron. It's a contradiction in terms because nobody stands alone. God wired us to do life and to follow Jesus together. That's why we say that every week, that one of our big three is to follow Jesus together because it needs to be done in community. Um, And so that series, that's what's coming next. But this morning, we're going to be um, wrapping up a series that we've been in called Supernatural. We've actually been in this series. Does anybody remember when it started? Right after Easter. So it's been a few months. It's been a while, yes. Um, We've been looking at what the Bible has to see about the unseen world. Um, Specifically, we've looked at uh, things about angels and demons, and we've looked at the unseen world of of Satan and of the Holy Spirit and about how supernatural gifts and some of that stuff operates. And um, so this week, I want to read to you one of the more interesting stories, I think, in the book of Acts. We'll get to it as we read through the chapter. The real fun part gets there about halfway through. Um, but before I read this story from Acts 19, um, I want to remind us of something that we say around here from time to time. Uh, the Bible, as we read it, is not a book of exceptions. It's not a book of exceptions um, of... Um, Yeah, so it's not exceptions. The Bible is a book of examples, um, examples of what it looks like to walk with God, or examples for us today. Uh, It's not just, you know, oh, hey, read the Bible. Here's something cool that God did and how he operated way back then. But unfortunately, you know, today, God stopped doing that stuff. So we just look at these books and stories from the Bible like, you know, I guess a history lesson, or maybe some people see it as a myth. But that's not how we see Scripture. Um, They are not just exceptions, and here's all the highlights. The Bible is a book of examples of what it looks like for you and me to walk with God, what it looks like for us to follow Jesus, um, what it looks like for us to live as someone who is, um, as we've used the phrase a number of times, naturally supernatural uh, today. That's you and me. So here, this story we're about to look at is a story that's like that. It's an example for those of us who follow Jesus today. And let me set it up for you. The Apostle Paul, he's teaching people. He's traveled on a missionary journey to Asia. And he's teaching people about Jesus and about what the kingdom of God looks like, um, about following Jesus and the power of God. When this little story which we're going to get to in a little bit here, happens, and it involves um, demons, actually. So we'll get to that part, but we'll start first in verse 1, which is something we looked at earlier in this series, Acts 19. Uh, Paul has shown up in Ephesus, and here's uh, the scripture, verse 1. Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
And they answered, uh, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You guys remember this story here? If you were here. Uh, verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now things get real interesting, and we'll pick it up now in verse 11, because all this great stuff's going on. Verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. I mean, Pause for a moment and just think about what craziness that sounds like. First of all, who did the extraordinary miracles through Paul? God did the miracles, right? God through Paul. That's, again, important. It's worth us noticing. Um, maybe we'll get deeper into that on Tuesday night here in that group. Uh, let's go on verse 13. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits they tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And again, we'll get deeper into this. This will be really fun on Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> um, that whole, lots of questions around that, right? Again, um, but we'll just pause for a second before we keep reading. Uh, we have already studied and talked quite a bit about how there is power in the name of Jesus. We've talked about how Jesus has been given authority over every foul and unclean spirit, every spiritual force of wickedness, every weapon, claim, and device of the enemy. And the name of Jesus carries that power and authority which is a big part of why you and I, when we encounter evil, even like scary stuff, maybe even demons or ghosts, which I kind of put in the foul powers category, um, even if we were to encounter weird, scariest stuff in the supernatural realm, if it ever comes up in your world and you recognize it, there's no need for us to be afraid, ever. We don't ever have to be afraid, because if you are a follower of Jesus, that's important here, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can wield the name and the authority of Jesus because he gives that to us, and we can wield those things, his name, in the name of Jesus. Um, we can wield his authority in those battles against darkness, and evil doesn't stand a chance, so we don't have to be afraid. But, as we're about to read here in this next verse, there are impo some important things to know about using the authority and name of Jesus. And the main thing here that I wanna take away is that the name of Jesus is not like a magic incantation, right? It's not a magic incantation. The New Living Translation actually translates verse 13 this way up on the screen. It says, they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. So evidently these guys here who were not followers of Jesus, they'd seen Paul do this and they thought, hey, this kind of works. Um, Paul must have ministered to demon-possessed people and said something just like this to the, to the demon, like I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to come out. And when Paul did it, they saw that it worked. And it worked because the name of Jesus has all authority, has all power. It is the name above every name. Philippians chapter 2 talks about this. Says says that therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place 
and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's actually read that from Philippians 2 out loud together. Let's read it together. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, God gave Jesus this name that's above every name, and because Jesus won the victory at the cross, and he beat death and rose from the dead, Jesus now has all authority in heaven, and on earth and under the earth, which they're referring to the realm of foul spirits and evil things, um, Jesus has all authority. And because Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, it says every knee will bow. One day, every knee, human knees will bow. Spirit knees will bow. Angels and demons at the name of Jesus will one day bow. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that name of Jesus has been granted to you so that you can operate under the authority and the name of Jesus. But, like I just said, it's not a magic incantation that can just be used by people who are not followers of Jesus, like was happening there in verse 13. Let's go back to Acts 19 here. Next verse, verse 14. Check this out. This is the fun story that I love here. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, we're doing this using the name of Jesus. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. This is in the Bible, right? <laughs> like, holy Smoke, seriously? One guy with a demon in him, like, here's these seven dudes using Jesus' name, says, eh, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about that, but who the heck are you guys? <laughs> and that one dude beats up all seven of them. Um, I found the redneck version of the Bible, you know, to try to make these things a little more understandable, you know, to make it, you know? Okay, so there's, there's a few examples they use to help you know, drive this point home in the redneck version, right? Um, uh, this is how he beat them up. He, he beat them like, he beat, I better say it in the accent, he beat them like pancake batter, right? Um, he whooped their butts so bad, their kids were born dizzy. Let that one catch up just a little bit, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he was on them like ugly on a Baldwin brother, right? Careful, careful. Just one more, one more, one more. Okay, one more. He was on him like stink on an Adam Sandler movie right there. All right, so that's not me. I mean, that was the redneck version, right? So, okay, there is no redneck version yet. But maybe one of you will be inspired after this today. Now, I mentioned this uh, story of the guy, you know, beating all these guys up and they run out naked and bleeding. And I mentioned it to Pastor Jim. And you guys know that Jim has a background in theater. He's very, very creative. And he was thinking about this, like creativity started rolling. He's like, man, that's so crazy to think about. Like these seven guys run away and they're like naked and bleeding. <laughs> and then he asked me, hey, what if we act that scene out, you know, in church, right? And I was all for it, but we ended up, you know, five guys short. So... 
can guess who the two. Yeah, all right, anyway. Maybe Tuesday night we can try. Just kidding, just kidding. All right, here we go. Verse uh, 17, notice this. When people began to understand the power of the name of Jesus, used legitimately, ready, verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and that word actually can be translated respect as well, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor, which like, whew, hold on just a second, right? That's what happens when the supernatural power of Jesus is on full display against the powers of evil. Like people see things happen, they see that there's power, there's actual power in the name of Jesus, and they begin to honor and respect Jesus. Now as a result, verse 18, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas, which is like several million dollars. Um, And in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Now, you have to think about this. That culture, if we had time to do a little more study, and someday we'll do a series on, on this book of, uh, on, on the Ephesians. Um, but in their power, in their culture, this was a huge part of their economy. Uh, these worship of idols and sorcery and foul spirits, all this stuff had become a real big part of their economy and a part of what they leaned into and trusted in. And, and, and scripture says, when they saw, many of them believed. And then they openly confessed their sins. And then people here, we see they radically changed their lives. They left behind all this junk from their past. They gave themselves completely to Jesus. I mean, you, again, if, you, if we had time to describe some of the practices that were done by those that were invested in sorcery and all the other pieces of what went on in their culture, it was very much a fearful thing very much operating out of fear and trying to make sure that, you know, they didn't do something wrong and they were always trying to appease whatever spirit they were, you know, worshiping. It was very filled with fear. And so in some ways they saw Jesus was more powerful and holy cow, can you imagine what a relief that would be to go, oh, I don't have to be under that stuff anymore. I I could get free of that stuff. And they left it behind they left it completely behind. Those who'd been messing around in the realm of other spiritual forces, they got rid of all their stuff, all of it, and they fully committed to trusting and following Jesus and Jesus alone. They knew they didn't need that other stuff anymore. They could be free of it. They could trust that, that they didn't have to worry about all these foul spirits and the right spells and all this other junk because now they were followers of Jesus and his name was above every name, they didn't have to live in fear. And I think that, friends, when you and I begin to understand that the power of God is actually that strong, we will want to follow Jesus and nothing else. When we see that the power of God is above every other thing, whether we're talking about things in the spirit realm or things that we chase after here on earth to try to get our needs met, We will see that his power is that strong and we want to leave everything else behind and sell out and follow Jesus and nothing and no one else. 
Now, I want to look a little bit here at how it says um, in that text, when those who had been involved with sorcery, so witchcraft and fortune-telling and spells and incantation and, you know, messing around with spirits that were not connected to Jesus, they confessed, they repented, um, they renounced those things. Confessed, repented, renounced. And the word confession simply means um, to admit something out loud. So they admitted out loud, confessed. And then repentance simply means to turn and go the other direction. Like they've been going this way, and they turned around, turned from that thing. Like we turn from sin, and we follow Jesus. We trust him. We go the other way. That's what repentance means, and that's what they did. And interestingly, their, their repentance was not just to, you know, sell off their charms and try to make some money back, um, trying to you know, sell off their crystals or their witchcraft books or their spells or the divination, all this stuff. Instead, they got rid of it. They burned it. And for them, they did it in public because they wanted everyone in their city to know, as a public statement, I'm done with that way of life. I'm not messing around with anything in the spirit world, the supernatural world that's not of Jesus. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is my Lord and I don't want to do anything that has to be connected to the other stuff from my past any longer. That's part of why they, you know, burned it. Now, sometimes, has anybody ever seen like a church, um, hopefully this happens less and less, you know, burn all their rock and roll albums like, hey, everybody come on out, we're going to do a bonfire and burn the God bless those of you that are too young that are thinking I'm joking, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting, and um, I guess we could get into that on Tuesday night as well, right? Um, let's say that we're not advocating for that kind of stuff, right? Um, but um, there are ways that we can leave stuff behind. We leave things in our past. We, we cut off what was there, what we've been leaning into, and we trust in Jesus instead of leaning into this stuff that actually dabbles in places that... Maybe we think we're okay, or maybe we think, well, I got Jesus, but I got this other stuff I do on the side, and I'm okay that way. Um, but as I was thinking about what we can learn from this passage and this story as it pertains to the supernatural realm, um, here's just a few things. One, this passage, like many, shows us that, that there are other spiritual forces in the universe. There are other spiritual forces besides God. A second one is that the name of Jesus is all-powerful. It has all authority. The third thing is that the name of Jesus is not a magic spell to be used by just anyone to try to get what they are trying to get in the spirit realm. And maybe the one I want to spend some time on here is this. Um, I think we can learn from this passage that messing around with these other spiritual powers has no place in the life of believers. And so I just want to pause right there for a moment, just do some quick teaching. And again, we can go deeper in this on Tuesday night uh, and talk this through and discuss it and look at some more passages of Scripture. Um, and, and I know for some of you, this will be like a no-brainer. This is review. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you've heard teaching like this. Um, but I also realize that, that, that for some of us, maybe nobody's ever heard this talked about directly um, and so this, this will be that, right? Um, and by the way, those of you that know how to pray, 
Um, I want to ask that you would pray, even right now as this message goes on, because I think that the enemy would love to keep a cloud of confusion over some people when it comes to these dark forces and foul powers that, that maybe some folks are trapped up in or wrapped up in or, or clinging to, thinking that they can still do this stuff, where really it gives the enemy uh, an inlet. So if you can be praying as we continue here, um, I think this could be important for some of us here. Um, you know, recently... Gosh, probably in the last number of months, I've heard a few different stories that made me go, oh, not everybody knows that this is like important to differentiate between the spirit realm where God is in operation and, in, and, and, and God is um, the authority, like that we look to Jesus, and that the rest of the spiritual realm, some people think, well, you know, it's just other stuff, you know, unless it's like, you know, satanic then it's just other stuff. Um, I mean, I've heard Christians, some newer Christians, and again, I'm guessing nobody's ever told them or taught them this, talking about uh, tarot card readings that they've had or, or, or going to mediums and, and talking to dead relatives that have passed. And by the way, sometimes that stuff is a bunch of hooey, right? It's, it's fake, it's, but, but by the way, sometimes it is real. Like, sometimes it's real. Sometimes they really are speaking to um, dead people, dead spirits. I really believe that's possible. Or they're speaking to a demon who is posing as whoever it was before. There's all kinds of stuff behind that. But um, here's the deal. Um, Like, a lot of folks would be like, hey, listen, it's no big deal if I do that kind of thing. I know what I'm doing. Uh, You know, it's it's harmless. I'm safe. I'm strong enough. And actually, I'm here to say it's not. It's not safe. It's not harmless because followers of Jesus, like we don't flirt with darkness, right? We are to never, ever even flirt around with the things of darkness. Um, We'll go back to childhood. Some of you can relate to this one. Uh, Maybe you as a kid did what some of my friends did or some of your friends did this stuff too, like if there'd be a, a sleepover, they'd have, um, you know, seances, they'd turn off the lights, they'd call on the spirits or the evil spirits, or they'd play with a Ouija board, you know, asking questions of the Ouija board, oh, spirit, will, will that pretty girl go out with me, right? That's, no, she will not, yeah. So, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, a lot of my friends did this stuff, and fortunately, my parents and the church I was in did talk about this, and so I knew better than to mess around with it, um, but that stuff is real. Like, it is real, and it can be one way where if we don't renounce it, even stuff in our past, if we don't renounce it, right, confess, repent, renounce, get away from it, um, the enemy can use that as a foothold to, to mess with us, as an entry point to just harass us and bring fear, anxiety, and even torment, um, And so the scriptures, that's why the scriptures teach very clearly that we're never to have anything to do with these forces of darkness. And I know we don't talk about this much, but I just, it's in the text and I thought, well, let's talk about it today. Um, So if you're a follower of Jesus, you know, we don't mess around with seances or consult mediums or spiritists or look at tarot cards or play with Ouija boards. Um, You know, reading horoscopes. Some people ask about that, and I just think it's not a good idea. I mean, shoot, you guys, like, we don't even cheer for the Arizona State Sun Devils, okay? It's like, oh, just kidding. Wow, we got really quiet in here. We were in Tucson. That Yeah, there goes Dalton, yeah. We were in Tucson. We'd have gotten all kinds of applause. 
Dalton, I'm kidding. It's we don't cheer for the Packers. That's followers of Jesus out for it. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. I'll pick on my Vikings. I was actually, it's funny because um, anybody football fans here, you know what the Vikings emblem looks like here. You know, it's a guy and he's got horns and he looks really, but I grew up with that, right? So I remember I was in Guatemala on a missions trip and I'm wearing my Vikings hat everywhere and it was like three or four days in and I was finally like, man, no wonder they're looking at me funny. It looks like I have a demon on my hat here, right? So I took my hat off, yeah. Um, but, but, okay, all that aside, all the joking part aside, right? Um, but when it comes to the other parts, like tarot cards, Ouija boards, and, 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 and seances, and consulting mediums, and all that stuff, like, we just don't flirt with, with darkness. We're not to flirt with darkness. Um, why? Well, here's what Scripture says in Deuteronomy, and there's a few different places that talk about it, but this one's pretty clear. It actually gives kind of a list. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 18... Starting in verse 10, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. And we're all like, oh, whew, good thing. We're, we're fine on that one. But then the rest of them is like, oh, a lot of this is hung around. Um, who practice divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who is a medium or a spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And you go, well, Why? Well, part of why is that evil is real, that it does have power, and it's a power that battles against the power of God, and it opens us up to darkness, like the enemy wants to attack, and it gives the enemy a place to attack. And I've heard people say um, to me over the years, well, you know, when I did this thing, you know, something really cool happened, like I talked to my dead whoever, right? Um, or, oh, this person, like their fortune, that, that's a fortune teller, like it came true. And again, I'm not saying that these are all like frauds. I'm actually saying that I'd, I'd be careful because even if it looks good, I think this is part of why 2 Corinthians 1.14 says this about Satan. It says, well, no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light masquerades, right? He puts on a disguise. Satan himself puts on a disguise, you know, a costume to make his message look or feel acceptable or good. So you're like, well, what's the harm in that? It was good. It could... And why would the enemy put on a disguise to make something look good? Like, like, he tries to make it look like he's doing something good or telling you something good instead of evil in order to deceive us because eventually the eventual fruit of that kind of stuff, even if it's something that's wonderful that was predicted and comes true, is that it opens us up to darkness. And so, in let of, and here's another piece, instead of us learning as Christians to trust our future and our questions to walking with God, we start turning to other things to tell us the future or to give us, you know, what I'm supposed to do next other than God, um, which can actually block us from clearly hearing God speak to us. Like, that's the real danger. That's the real danger there. Um, and it's why we don't mess around with the realms of the Spirit that are not from Jesus 
And again, I know some people will say, well, not for me. You know, it's not a big deal, or I'm smart enough, and I'm wise enough to know how close I can go to that. And I just am like, wow, Scripture is really clear to be careful when you stand or to move against something lest you fall. Be careful when you think you're standing strong in case you fall because it happens all the time. Like we have to be aware of the schemes of the enemy and the enemy wants to take us captive, wants to ensnare our hearts, confuse our minds, and we don't ever treat the enemy lightly, ever, ever. We don't flirt with darkness and by the way, this is not like to shame any of you. Maybe this has been a part of your life or your story or even recent history for you. Um, this isn't to shame you at all because um, I'm just going to assume that you just didn't know. You just didn't know before now. But scripture is really clear on this. And, and now you know that this is a gateway for the enemy and we never treat our enemy lightly. No matter what, we never treat our enemy lightly. Um, all right, I got some more stuff here that I'm going to skip over and save for Tuesday night. So real quick, and I, I want to um, just mention this because I don't want to have somebody go, oh my goodness, I've had some of that in my life. I have some of that stuff in my life. And what do I do about it? And I'm just going to give you real quick, uh, here's what you can do. You can do this today. Um, if you've dabbled in this realm, either in the past or in your present, you can do exactly what we watched the new Christians in Acts 19 do. Um, confess, repent, renounce. Confess, repent, and renounce. Um, we confess it, right? Confess it. We say it out loud. We repent, which means we simply turn and go the other direction. We walk away from that stuff toward Jesus. That's the repentance. And the renouncing is actually taking the actions of getting rid of that stuff. Um, or if there is a foul spirit or a demon that's harassing you, you tell it to go. In Jesus' name, you tell it to go. And you might need somebody to pray along with you, depending on how deep this goes. And um, our pastoral staff here, and Heidi as well, we're happy to sit with you and pray with you. Or we have some prayers that have been very effective that help people pray through this. Um, um, some folks need to go through a, like a formal deliverance process. And again, that'll be fun. Man, I'm like Tuesday night, I'm like, holy cow, it's going to be really deep and interesting. Um, but there are ways to get free. And the simple way to even just begin is to confess, to repent, to renounce, to move away from all that stuff. Whew. All right. So now let's turn the corner here because, again, I think that was an important teaching that we just don't hear even breezed by like I did. Like I covered that really quick. There's a lot more to it. Um, but let's turn the corner here and let's focus on Jesus as we um, have this last 10 minutes of, of the teaching here. See, it's easy when we study a passage like this that's all about, you know, evil and demons and, whoa, this is all the power, this is the stuff that happens. It's easy to get hyper aware of the evil in our world and to start living from a place where we are overly focused on the battle. Um, the gift of discernment is not for us to run around looking for the dirt everywhere, by the way. If you've studied anything of the spiritual gifts, the gift of discernment is not to find the dirt. <laughs> the gift of discernment is to help us see the gold because it's a gift to the body of Christ. We see that stuff. We don't run around naming all the dirt. Um, and it's the same way with the stuff of evil here. We're not running around looking for all the, the dirt and the like, well, I've seen where you've sinned, brother. Like, that's not what this is about. 
So we wanna focus on Jesus instead of getting overly focused on sin or the battle because when we get focused on sin, when we get focused on the battle all the time, all the time, even though it's a reality, there is a battle, but when we focus on it all the time, we lose track of the truth um, that it matters that Jesus is Lord, right? There's a supernatural battle that goes on around us. Jesus has been given all authority and power but it's easy for us to just see this battle back and forth between the powers of God and the powers of evil and forget what's all that power God has. What's it for? Why does God have this power? And how does he use his power? See, that power, friends, God's power is on display. We read about these stories in scripture and see them in our lives. That power is for our freedom. God wants you free. He wants us free. It's for our freedom. It's for the freedom of the people around us. I mean, just think, just remember, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? If we look at Luke 4, Jesus announces at the beginning of his ministry on earth why he came and what his mission is. Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Good news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners, sight for the blind, setting oppressed people free. Jesus is all about freedom. That's what his mission is. And as we talked about last week, the life of Jesus, the entire life of Jesus was a demonstration of what it looked like to see the kingdom of darkness invaded with the kingdom of God. And so everything that Jesus did, he did to demonstrate the supernatural power and the supernatural love of God. See, it's not just about power, it's about his love. Again, last week, remember, if you were here, everything we talked about, or what we talked about, this is everything that Jesus did was an act of war against the evil forces of this world, and he was overcoming evil with good. And everything he did to overcome evil with good was about his supernatural love. Jesus conquered evil with his supernatural love. And Matthew 8 tells one of the stories where Jesus is overcoming. He is conquering evil with good. And it's the story of where Jesus heals a leper. Let me just read it. It's real short. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Um, The creative series, The Chosen, about the life of Jesus, they do such a creative job with this scene. Uh, It really brings it to life. So just check check this out. We'll get the audio nice and loud so it sounds like a theater. It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you can handle this disease. You
Please. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. But, but what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Where's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. <sighs> Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> Worship team, will you come? Can you just put yourself in the shoes of this man? Can you just imagine? Not only did Jesus have the supernatural power to drive out evil and to cure sickness, he demonstrates supernatural love as he does it. It's not just about Jesus having the name above every name, although he does have the name above every name. It is all about his Love And out of his love, he heals this man. He sets him free. Right? This is what Jesus does, friends. He heals people. He pushes back the darkness in their life. And he does it because of love. Jesus sets people free from demons. He drives out evil. And he does it because of love. Not just to show the enemy who's boss. He does it because of love to set us free. Jesus comes to push away the darkness 
to call us to walk in his light because of love. Jesus shows us the pathway to life and he warns us of the dangers because he loves us. His power sets us free. The power of the name of Jesus sets us free from sin, from death, from judgment, from addiction, from anger, from resentment, from jealousy, from revenge, unforgiveness. It sets us free from every foothold, every stronghold. Friends, because of Jesus and his power and love, we can live free. Think of this leper. He now has a life and his life he is a life set free how about you maybe you're a follower of Jesus already and you can think of how Jesus set you free he set you free I think of how Jesus has set me free through his love And what I have found is that following Jesus, even when life goes sideways, sometimes life goes sideways because of my own choices or the choices of someone else, or sometimes there is spiritual warfare going on. But whatever the reason, what I have discovered is that I can live free and that following Jesus is the only trustworthy thing that can help me navigate this life to get me through. In fact, when we follow Jesus, You know, yeah, maybe some of us do need to set aside some things in our life that are spiritual forces of darkness, but many of us just need to set other things aside in our life that we're leaning into to try to get by and hold on to Jesus and Jesus alone. But because of his love, he can be trusted, friends. He can be trusted because of his love, ultimately. No matter whatever happens, whatever seems to be helpful in this world, it all fades away, but Jesus never fades away. He's what we can hold on to. And the longer you go through life with Jesus and have him walk you through the stuff that life throws at us, the more that you and I can learn that he is holding on to you. As we sing this, song, just let it soak into your heart. Let it be a prayer this morning.